overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Good evening and welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. Hello, Laura. Hello. How do you do? I am doing well. I'm I was just thinking about what I was going to say on the introduction, and I'm trying not to reference the time of year. It's okay. It's okay. Christmas. It's time. Christmas time. I know. And my son is telling is doing a little countdown, and every day he knows how many days until his birthday. Which, which tomorrow morning he'll come in and he will say it's eight days until my. So birthday. So what day is his birthday? I don't want to. December twenty second. December twenty second. It okay. is, and That's he will exciting. be six. Um. That. Uh, like. One of my new favorite memes, other than start the rapture, mm-hmm. and it's other than Used I don't care week. about celebrity gossip, I want to know why everybody <laughs> at Hobby Lobby hates Mary. Um, <laughs> that's another one. That's another new favorite meme. But another one, I think I sent you guys last week, was like a picture of the wise men like presenting their gifts to, to baby Jesus. And it said, just to be clear, these presents are for <laughs> both Christmas and... And your birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I did because you were like, I'm going to save that for Lincoln. (laughs) That was good. That was really good. Oh, I love that for December birthdays. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor December birthdays. Poor December birthdays. I know. Well, we have a very special guest um, and a guest that maybe some of you have not yet met because he is new to our church. He is not new to me. I have known him for low these 20 years. Wow. Right? When did you when did you come to Dallas Seminary? So that would mystery, have been mystery mystery guest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been fall of 02. Okay. So wow. I started in fall of 00. Ah. Yes. So that makes sense. I remember and our guest, our mystery guest is Mike Heinz. <sighs> I'm just excited. I'm feeling like a spring chicken in here oh, right yeah. now. Because, because... Um, Y'all are talking about seminary and OO and O2. Well, some of us graduated we'll from back. undergrad before we were 25. Oh, well, that feels fair. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Burn! You know, I you actually was 25. I know, that's why was I, I said really it. 20? I was 25. That's wow. why I said it. <laughs> and I met Kaylin like three weeks later. I know. A <laughs> wow. rebound. Yes. Uh, so anyway, we're here with Mike Hines. I have known him. I don't think I knew you. I think I was already gone from DBC at that point, right? No, DTS. No, DBC. I like cuz I when I first do you not know that I when I first moved to Dallas I was at Dallas Bible. Oh. That's no. where I met Sarah Hines, yeah. Sarah Cundiff the first weekend that I was in Dallas in June 2020. I'm or June 20 2000, June 2000, I met Sarah Hines at Dallas Bible. Mm. And so I have known Sarah the entire time I've lived here and you most of it. <laughs> How long so, y'all been married? That's right. So we are coming up on our 18th okay. anniversary. Okay. Yeah. That's right. 
Yep. So I can't remember. I don't think I was at Dallas Bible. Or I don't think I was at Dallas Bible. I think I was already at Irving Bible by then. But we knew each other from classes. We had classes together. Yes, and Mike Hines is also a fellow Louisianan. There you go. That's and that's right. what that was awesome. evidenced by. You said when, when you arrived, you knew that if the front door... If the glass door was closed, the storm door is 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 closed, but the front door is open. That's right. Come, you come on in. in. Come on in. Come on in. I I have been very yeah. close friends with you for five years and still don't do it. I did it tonight because Lydia had just walked out. Yes, mm-hmm. but no, I really do. We have a storm door on purpose because I like to live like I live in a dorm. If my if my if my storm door is closed <laughs> but my front door it's is like open, the 80s. come on in. Or full eighties. Yeah. Well, I, my history with you is not with you. It's with your wife because I, I semi-grew up with the kind of girls in church. There you go. Um, but tell us about you. Tell us about a little bit about your background, your childhood, and how, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And are you from Baton Rouge proper? Or are you from like Denim Springs or Zachary? <laughs> you, you just got me. Did, Denim Springs? No, it's oh. not Denim Springs. Okay. It's, it's Prairieville. Okay. Okay, Prairieville. Prairieville. So just outside of Baton Rouge. But my kids get on to me. They're like, Dad, you're not from Baton Rouge. You're from Tulsa because that's where I was born. Oh. Moved to Baton Rouge when I was two. And here's a fun fact that's DBC related. What's that? To my childhood is, uh, so lived in Tulsa from 75 to 77. So moved from there when I was two. David and Mary Yarbrough came in 1977 to Tulsa Bible Church, which is where my parents became believers. Oh wow. Right before I was born. Oh wow. Isn't that fun? Yeah. That so is they didn't fun. have any crossover. It was literally we left out, headed to Baton Rouge, and David and Mary Yarbrough started at the church. Well, there. So. The, the Christian world is a small world, isn't it? <laughs> there is a remnant. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so were y'all at church in, in Prairieville or uh, where are where where were y'all like did y'all go to chapel at the campus like cuz That is where we went. How did I know? How Mike Hines, why do you think I know that? Because that's where you went. No. Because I didn't go to LSU, I went to Louisiana Tech. Uh, um, I knew that because I know where the DTS, I know where the DTS is. Funnel, it funnels uh, th- right. That's right. right. I know through. where the DTS churches are in Louisiana, yeah, and go. there's not a ton of them, yep. but Chapel at the campus is. There you go. So, so that's, yep, we... That, you grew up there? We did. We, now, do we you know, did you know Dr. Dickie Love? Oh, that name is very familiar. Ask I did not parents. know him, so but Dickie, they did. Dickie Love was, was the pastor at my... Church in Ruston, Louisiana, Christ oh, wow. Community Church, another DTS funnel. There you go. Donald Tab was our pastor, but my college pastor was Kevin McKee, and he now pastors hmm. chapel on the campus. We were home for Thanksgiving wow. and got to go and see Kevin and his wife, Mary. That's really cool. So yeah, so that's, that's where I grew up, was in Baton Rouge, and I am the middle of five kids. Whew. You're the so, third? I, I am. I am the third. Like the real middle. Seriously. And my parents were done at two, mm-hmm. having two, sure. until they became believers in Tulsa. And and then the Lord said, you're not done at two. You're be gonna, fruitful you're and multiply. Have, that's right. Be fruitful. So they ended up having three more. I think that may have made me question my beliefs. <laughs> the third. <Yeah. laughs> you want me to have more than double? Right. Um. <laughs> 
Well, I, when always, I, said I, I always tell Laura whenever whenever something's hard sure? in Laura's life, I, I always say, well, you do have a lot of kids. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. And that increases your faith, hopefully. Oh, it d- definitely demands it. <laughs> so, absolutely. So, yes, I'm the, I'm the middle of five. I have an older sister, older brother, younger sister, younger brother. Wow, your parents really knew how to stagger things. Yes, they did. And are so. they all still in the Baton Rouge greater metropolis area? <laughs> three three of them are in the bustling metropolis. Okay. And it is after three of Katrina. the siblings or three like three of the family members, including your parents. Nope, three of the three of the siblings. So okay. my older brother, younger sister, younger brother are still there, and my mother. My my dad passed away in 05. Hmm. Right after Katrina, which Hurricane Katrina, when when that went down, the population in Baton Rouge did pretty much double, and wow. it, it it is still people are still there. They've stayed and have not returned to New Orleans or their surrounding yeah. areas in mm-hmm. a lot of cases. So, yeah. So that's so what that's was my what was it? What was childhood like with five kiddos and? You said your parents became believers after you were born? No, before he was born. Okay. He's the product of their belief. That, oh, that's that right. Is correct. That's right. Yes. That's right. So so when they became believers, they had more children. And and then my dad's work moved us to Baton Rouge. And that's he he was his work was moving us all around the country. He's not military, but um, but he's he was with a sales group with General Electric and it was just from one place to the other. Hmm. Landed in Baton Rouge. Uh, and so, yeah, growing up with with four siblings, being the middle of those four, was uh, was interesting. <laughs> That's for sure. We had a, we had a lot of great times. I can remember family vacations for sure that were just amazing. And mom and dad were were really good, uh, really good parents. Moved us toward being. Um, Adults who still love the Lord and serve Him, and are functioning, so that's good. Yeah. Do you remember how you came to faith? Is that was there like a moment, or was it just kind of always? Yeah. So when my parents became believers, um, they <laughs> uh, they got involved in a church immediately. Um, I mean, their lives were radically changed. You talk about heart change. How um, did they become believers as adults? Yeah, so so they were in their 20s, and there was a faithful lady. I want to meet this lady one day who, who was with the church. There was like a, an evangelism explosion conference going on at Tulsa Bible. So this lady who was with the church, volunteer, was going door to door, and she was inviting people. She was evangelizing. Met my mom, started talking to her. They had multiple conversations. My mom became a believer reading the book of Genesis on her couch late one night. It was like the Lord just lifted, just the scales fell, right? Uh, Mm. Opened her eyes to the fact that she was separated from God by her sin, reading Genesis. And so then she she became a believer, and my dad was a, a tougher nut to crack, uh, eventually, he gave in to go to one of these meetings, and 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 the night that he went, they shared the bad news of the gospel. And the pastor who spoke said, if you come back tomorrow night, I'm going to let you know how you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you can have eternity. And my dad grew up in it with a Catholic influence, and the Catholic church they attended, you you never really knew. You had to, it was, it was faith plus works. So it's faith in Christ, believe in Jesus, but also... 
there's a certain level of work you have to accomplish. And so he, 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 was, he was astonished that this guy would make a statement like that. He returned hmm. with some of his buddies, and that night they wow. received Christ. His buddies too? His, he, well, he took them down with him. He said, y'all are coming down. They did an altar call. My dad, was, uh, he, he accepted Christ. He believed in Christ. So they entered, a, they entered into church life. We attended a Christian school hmm. uh, all, of our, all the way through our senior year and then went to LSU, the, the biggest pagan school you can imagine. <laughs> but incredible campus, campus ministries, including chapel on the campus, which is the church we attended, Campus Crusade. But um, hmm, uh, it, was at, it was at Calvary Christian School which still exists today, very wow. small little private Christian school. They would do a chapel service every Wednesday. And for whatever reason, when I was five years old, uh, the, I had attended multiple chapels, but they gave the gospel in a very clear way. And I realized I needed forgiveness as a five-year-old. You were a bad five-year-old. Yeah. Were you meaning people on golf courses? Look. Well, <laughs> back to Aaron Armstrong's podcast. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, I have not heard this story. <laughs> yeah, well. You'll, you'll, Is it his story to tell? Yeah, spoiler. It's yeah, it's his story. I'm just Spoilers. telling it like gossip. <laughs> five by years old. Time, by the time people hear this, they'll have already heard that story. Yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, uh, as a result of my parents coming to faith, Faith. Mm. And then and then they wanted as much Christian influence. When Billy Graham, mm. when he would air mm-hmm. on you know, I don't know, once a month they would they would there would be an, an airing of a Billy Graham episode. Uh, he <laughs> my parents would shut everything down and gather us all in the front room and we'd become Christians all over again. <laughs> it was the best. Just to oh, it was, it was just made it more exciting, made it more real. Yeah, just... And they, they just wanted us to know Christ. They really did. And hmm. you know, it's one of those things you look back and you go, huh. Um they they really had a strong passion and desire for hmm. us in the Lord. And in fact we'll get it maybe get into this, but the way I ended up in full-time Christian ministry, which was not my plan from the beginning, was a result of my mom and her her praying and her <clears throat> prodding me and just presenting opportunities, including Pine Cove, working at Pine Cove, mm-hmm. which is where uh, my serving in full-time ministry what ultimately came through. At, or what camp at Pine Cove were you at? So I worked at what's now called the Woods Camp. I was about it's to say that. family back- camp. The family camp back then. That's right. It was way called, back, then. way hey, back. Then so, in the 90s. do you know? Um, so, you were in the nineties. Do you know Byron and Melinda Moore? Oh yeah. Uh, so have we had this conversation? No. So, so John David Moore, the L, you remember LSU number eighteen, John David Moore is their youngest. They were a family I babysat for in Ruston at Louisiana Tech. What they went every year to the woods. Um, Awesome. And family. all I think all four of their kids ended up at some point working at Pine Cove, and two of them are full time at Pine Cove now. Mm. P- John David is the director at the ranch right now, oh. and then Matthew, I don't know what he's like a operator wow. or some kind of some some kind of operations thing over the camps at Pine Cove at Pine Cove. I, I had no idea. Yeah, but anyway, yes, I can still I'm like see I'm, I'm probably. Kind eyes and big smile. Giant man. Family. Yes, giant. So you, giant so you really felt like your mom 
was championing that wanted wanted you to oh, yeah. not that she was choosing your career for you no. but was just like wanted you to make this <clears throat> a very central part of your life age age 16 i remember i'll always remember it it was age 16 because i had just uh, gotten my driver's license <laughs> and i wanted to earn money that summer for a vehicle and and i knew my parents would support you know like like they did my siblings with you know i would pay for part of it they would Mm-hmm. Help with the with, with the other part of it, and so I thought, well, I need to raise a certain amount of money, and so my mom at the beginning of that summer said, "There's an opportunity for you to go to Pine Cove, where your older brother is currently working at the ranch camp, but you would work at the family camp on a in a program called Timothy Team, and Timothy Team was all about service, and and I thought, no, I I don't think I want to do that. I want to stay here and make money this summer, earn money for a vehicle. She said, well, I'll pay you to go. I said, well, what do they pay? She said they pay you five dollars a week. Five dollars, five bucks. Like, what are you gonna do with five dollars? She said you'll do your laundry. Even, even in laundry the nineties, even yeah, in the nineties, yeah. You, you could get some laundry $5. done with five bucks and get a Snickers bar. Oh wow! <laughs> oh wow! But or, they fed you and they gave you lodging. That's right. And fun. And fun. And so I went. I the the thing they do is they put you in front of the entire staff to give you a camp name. I feel like five dollars is worse than zero for some reason. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> just, uh, it is. Right. Oh, it's like okay, I'm it's I'm like gonna, just let me volunteer. Okay, I'm about to I'm about to go normal gossip on y'all. Okay, normal Nor- gossip. Normal gossip is a new podcast that you, I'm not recommending. Huh. Um, but I have listened to. Uh, so I'm not going to tell names. This is going to be like third party. But I know of a camp. And have been to this camp as a family camp. It is not Pine Cove, but where they their their employees mm. are not paid, but uh. are only paid by love offerings. Really? Oh. So they're at the mercy. <laughs> they're at the mercy of they're the job the, they do, right? So it's basically the patrons <laughs> and who do have we paid love to come. offerings? I don't so care for that. The patrons who have paid to come. Yeah. Are impo- like are working for tips. To, like I'm not just tips. They're but basically feel panhandling, like, Kyle. <laughs> yes, they're basically they making the poor camp counselors panhandle. And that's anyway, amazing. Yes, do they I'm have sorry. to do their own panhandling? No, or, they do panhandle the on their made? behalf. A pitch is made <laughs> okay. on their behalf. But what they didn't realize, or at least for me, sitting in the audience, was like. Dear heavens, you mean you have these people here working for you, working for free for you? Like that's, that's amazing. Horrible. Well, right. I'm sorry, sorry, I derailed that. I was just sorry. thinking, what's and what's sorry. worse about this? <laughs> Why does five dollars for Timothy team it feel insulting. worse? It's because <laughs> it feels like your love offering their whole like yes. But if you're here talking about it on a podcast, Versus it must have it must have had a more than financial impact. Absolutely. No, see, and this is you guys are so good and at what you do. That is probably the point <laughs> That's of exactly that, right, that Laura. family camp. Bringing it back. Too. Yes. <laughs> so, uh yeah, so she said I will pay you to go. It'll help fund the portion of the vehicle that mm-hmm. you you're planning to purchase. And I said fantastic. So I went they put me on a stool in front of the entire staff, and one of the directors interviews you to give you a camp name. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he was—he'd ask questions like, "Well, tell us about where you grew up. Uh, where do you go to school? Tell us about your friends. What do you like to do? Do you have any embarrassing moments?" And I had nothing. It was crickets. <laughs> and so a friend of mine 
Kristen LeBlanc, he he raises his hand. He goes, LeBlanc. hey. Uh, LeBlanc. That's LeBlanc. right. He's from, uh-huh. from Batteries. He goes, I got a story. His mom's paying him to be here. <laughs> so guess what my camp name was? Oh, what? gosh. Steve. What? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, uh, it, my camp name was Moolah. And so That's another uh, feature of camp is when you meet campers, they ask you what your camp name is. You can't reveal your real name to the right, end of the week. Right, right. And then they ask you how you got your camp name. So I got to tell that story all <laughs> summer long. And it was absolutely humbling. Uh-huh. Embarrassing, I must uh-huh. say. I don't want to actually be, I didn't want to be here. So yeah. my mom had to bribe me. She bribed, that's right. <laughs> Everyone else is out here, out here at the goodness of the But you know what, your mom, I, Mrs. Uh, Hines. Yeah. I just want to tell you, Mrs. Hines, mm-hmm. that you have validated all of my parenting. <laughs> nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am not above bribing children. Come on. Hank Denny has been. Hank Denny is bribed a dollar a picture at Pine Cove that he is in and nice. smiles in. I pay him a dollar. He he earned fifteen dollars this year. All right, got you've also you've also done some incentivizing for doing like family Bible study and yeah yep. yeah people get allowances for doing the family Bible study. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a mantra. When I worked in youth ministry, I would tell parents. Reach them at their shallowest to get them at their deepest. That's it. <laughs> oh, that needs That's to be it. a bumper Ooh. sticker. Yeah. Ooh, our we need youth. We need youth t-shirts with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. So. I've also paid. I've I've also paid for because I'm very competitive. I've also paid for rebounds. You get two dollars a rebound mm. in basketball. Mm-hmm. We've, we've that, maybe offered that. Is it, has it worked? Yes. So they're fighting harder out there for I, that I, ball. We do not. So you remember you were when we were having our kitchen talk and oh, and yeah. you were talking about like dominance levels, yes. like as like just kind of like aggressive meter, right? Yeah, right. So my kids' aggression aggression level is what equal to my husband's. Oh, it's it's maybe slightly more than my husband's. Yeah. Like so, they are. Kyle is very zen. Yes. Calm. Calm. Right. He he's not competitive at mm-hmm. all. Okay. I am super competitive. <laughs> Very aggressive, yes. very assertive. I, thus, you pay your kids to be aggressive and assertive. I, that, well, again, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> yeah. what would be great? Like, uh-huh. Jesus is a perfect balance of like aggression, uh, like or assertiveness and peacefulness, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to pull out what isn't naturally there. That's right. So that's what my mother did. Mm-hmm. She, she is a genius. Now. <clears throat> Her major was psychology, so mm-hmm. she knew. She knew. She this. had. She knew she that had yeah, skills. she knows what motivates people. That's right. But it's to money. your point, Laura, you, and you were alluding to this. It was an unbelievable summer. Mm-hmm. I did not ask for the money when I got home. They did help me with a vehicle ultimately, Aww. and really blessed me with that. But, but it was life changing. You didn't ask for the money when you got home. I did not. I did not ask for. I didn't demand it. <clears throat> they did provide it, but. More of the conversation was the the impact it had on me, and <laughs> realizing how shallow I, <laughs> I I was was right. I'm not I'm not shallow anymore. But, yeah. but they yeah. reached you. They 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 knew it would be good for you, mm-hmm. and it was. So what were like? How did that summer impact you? What was what was the heart shift that made you not want the money? Yeah. So one is they get you in the word, hmm. and and so you spent tremendous amounts of time. Studying the word on your own, and and journaling about it, and then it was the Christian community. It was the brothers and sisters in Christ who are there, whether they're bribed like I am or not, <laughs> five dollars a week mm-hmm. to to serve. And you are, I mean, it's 
first thing in the morning all the way until sometimes midnight, serving meals, doing mm-hmm. laundry, uh, taking care of the, the grounds, uh, mm-hmm. you know, doing, doing maintenance work, things like that. Now you mentioned this is a really, this is like a really critical to this story mm-hmm. and the heart of this story. You mentioned that the $5 was enough to pay for the laundry. Please tell me y'all didn't have to pay for your laundry there. <laughs> we literally got on a we got on a bus. They took us into town to the local laundromat. So you did pay for your laundry. We did. And oh, we wow. took that $5 and turned it into quarters <laughs> or tokens or whatever. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I think pretty sure it was Well, quarters. you know, I I've I've said um, you know, cuz sometimes now when you see the price tag to pay for your kids to go to camp. Right. It feels a little overwhelming because yeah. it's it a lot of extra. money. It, it does feel extra. Yeah. But I, you know, Pine Cove in particular, I feel like is a place that makes the gospel real mm-hmm. and it makes it cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I do think it was so wise of your mom, not just to send you to camp, like you had an opportunity to go and serve, right. but it was alongside of kids your age and older yes. that were making it cool making it real making it important mm. and like that i feel like that's a worthwhile investment for for yeah. her to be like I, I, I will help you buy a car yes and also your salvation <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, yes i literally it cry. was an eternal investment uh-huh. i literally cry every time i drop off my kids at pine cove yeah because like I feel so grateful that they get to go. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like because yes. because I'm like, what would that have done for me as a kid? Like mm-hmm. I just I just love that I I just. And you think about the alternatives, right? It's it, <clears throat> to to what they could be doing. I just completed a reference form for That's a student who wants to work there. She's a senior. No, let's, let's see. She's a freshman in college. Wow! But she was in the youth group at Fellowship where I worked. Uh, 16 years with that youth group and i i mean she's an incredible student but i i always fill out a glowing reference because i want anyone possible to go through the ranks mm-hmm. of pine cove because here's what i learned for me what it developed and i didn't anticipate this again i wanted to stay home and i don't know flip burgers or mm-hmm. work at the local golf course <clears throat> but what it what it instilled in me that i didn't get at seminary is what i call ministry work ethic Mm-hmm. And ministry work ethic is learning how to serve. Because mm-hmm. you can know all of the scriptures and be a hearer, right, but fail to be a doer, mm-hmm. and to serve like Jesus told us to. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And that was that was the nugget for me that continues to, I continue to go. If, we, if I can get my kids to serve at Pine Cove, some of their cousins have, mm-hmm. older cousins, I would love for my kids to... To serve there, and they have at another smaller local camp on a certain level, but mm-hmm. it was life changing. Now, I mentioned that I know my kinds from seminary, and I mentioned maybe no, I don't think I, I don't think I mentioned it. Um, I, well, I guess I mentioned that I know I knew your wife from church, mm. like when we I first moved to Dallas. Right. Um. I. Everybody's kind of my neighbor, but like y'all have been my we have been neighbors for. 13 plus years. Wow. When right. did you guys move into this we house? We moved here in 2009. I think y'all were here before us. In 07, January okay. of 07. Yeah. So we moved here in 2009 our, to this neighborhood. We lived in Richardson Heights before that. Ah. But um, 
and then I remember running into Sarah at Kroger and, oh. and when like early with, with like little babies and you know. Oh man. But uh but I don't think I mentioned that you're on staff at, at Dallas Bible, which is why you're why why you're new because you have been at Fellowship Bible for a long time yes. and have recently joined the Dallas Bible staff. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing on staff? Yes, so okay. just I, so people know who you that's are, Mike. Good. Right? Yes, yeah. very good. So my name's Mike Hines, and <laughs> <laughs> he's from Baton Rouge. Uh, that's right. And he hopefully he gets paid more than five dollars a week. <laughs> Just, just a little and, more. And just FYI, <laughs> I mean, you still are Dallas ministry. Bible. I will shame you, and I will call you out like I did not call out that camp. We need if you are only offering. paying five five dollars to my kind. Mercy at the mercy of of, of folks, but hey, we're just getting love. Well, you are kind of getting are. paid by love offerings. That's, just, that's exactly right. It's, and that is a uh, anyway. Uh, the generosity of our church is amazing, and the generosity I I saw at Fellowship was un. Believable. I mean, people just going, "Hey, let's make this thing happen. Let's build mm. the kingdom." Right. So I I currently work at Dallas Bible Church as the group's minister. So I I am responsible for all things groups. Uh, the the second rhythm of our church is grow. So worship, grow, serve, go is mm-hmm. what we say are our our rhythms. And the grow piece is the community piece. Mm-hmm. And so that and so is does that my mean responsibility. Community groups. Plus, like men's ministry and women's ministry are under those, or are those separate kind of? So, so I do work with Brian uh-huh. Radabaugh and Kristen Poole for when it comes to the men's and women's groups as it relates to their ministries. Sure. Uh, it, it, simply in, in a support role sure. for them, um, I am still learning tremendous amounts from them mm-hmm. and how things go uh, and work at Dallas Bible and. Sure. Uh, we recently had a discover, and when I pointed fo- when I pointed those two ministries out in in my part of discover, which is a it's basically a class for new members, mm-hmm. I was quick to acknowledge that Brian and Kristen are two of the most incredible people I have been able to work with. Uh, aside from some of the other amazing folks I've worked with in the past, they at, are wonderful. At Fellowship, they but are they are great. just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm the group's minister, and and my, now the main thing I work on is life groups, mm-hmm. and so and and <clears throat> um, Jessica, you referenced your guys' life group earlier. So I'm gonna to have to learn more about that. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good you know one. this is great. So I was recently informed of a group that exists that didn't want me to know they existed because they were afraid I was gonna come in as the change, group's minister and put all these regulations and you're gonna to have to disclose all these things or you know That's abide hilarious. by all these rules yeah, and. Well, you're not looking Never to mind. mix we're things not, up. We're not, you know what, Mike? We're not in a group. Hey. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know what, what you're what are you talking, talking about. about. Where, where, there's, no, there's no group Nothing here. Nothing official yeah. or anything. Yeah, we're just an unofficial gathering. Yeah, yeah. so we can get into that, but and more about... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. Well, um, mm. let's, hard, let's take it hard right. You ready? Ready. Hold on to, hold on to your hats. Oh, boy. Okay. Tell us about... So you, so you grew up in the faith. Right. You grew up with parents that are kind of supporting it. You grew up like going to Christian school, yep. became a Christian as a as a as a little kid. Yep. Can you tell us about a time where um life was not smooth, where it was a little bumpy? Mm. And where your faith helped you there? Yeah, it, that that's very good because and man, you guys are so good because I was sitting there thinking as as we're 
<clears throat> just dialoguing here about the the connection between when I was five and when I start, first started working at Pine Cove and then eventually full time at Pine Cove mm-hmm. and and then over to Dallas Theological Seminary. Oh, you went you were full time too at Pine Cove. I was. Okay, nice. 11, summer 11 total summers and then three full time years. Three of those 11 summers were in those full-time years. So 11 total years, eight summers, three full-time years. And when you were on full-time staff, what were you doing there? So first of all, (laughs) because I was a a finance major uh, in in my college years, uh, I I worked in the accounting department. Uh-huh. Part of the day, and then I was the program director for the. You just went from I like family. You just went from my like saying like my, my dream director by day, my what? dream job yeah. of like working full time yeah. for a camp uh-huh. to to my own personal hell, yeah. which is working in finance. Yeah. <laughs> Accounting director by day. Why is that, Laura? Why, what, what oh, not Fun my skill set. By night. I have come to terms That's with right. God has uniquely that, gifted yeah, me. Yeah, I know. I wish, sometimes in I wish very videoed, few ways. I okay. wish we videoed this so people could see the movement. Yeah, man. We got yeah. the vibe, the vibe that Mike That's Hines right, had at night. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, the neck action. That's right. It was different in day. Dude. Business That's in the front, right. party in the back. It was a party in the back. <laughs> So uh, that's the title. Mm-hmm. Business in the front, party in the back. You got it. Done. Okay. So, so, so yeah. So I, I would say uh, a very challenging, refining time for me was in my college years. Experience for whatever reason some abnormal anxiety that mm. led to an anxiety attack, and then just a period of depression uh, that I really I look back on that. And and I can see the kind of the one two three that led to that. So I know how to stay away from that boiling point, if you mm-hmm. will. Um, but it was my I think it was my junior year, and I was actually Pine Cove had approached me about coming and playing a larger role that summer. I was taking a full class load, which included uh, <clears throat> a calculus, a business calculus class that was beyond me. I was just really struggling in that class. Uh, and then working, I had two jobs I was working at the time. So I was just overwhelmed is what it came down to. Sure. And, um, but up to that point, you know, I, I, I had a strong relationship with the Lord, but that really challenged it. And, and really sh- it shook me mm-hmm. quite a bit. Uh, and, I, the thing about that period of time, kind of like I mentioned at Pine Cove, the Christian community, it was the Christian community that came around me at that time. I was involved with Campus Crusade for Christ, and and there were now. Did you do you know awesome, Car- do you know Carrie awesome Kennedy? That name's familiar. Carrie uh, was involved in Car- Campus Crusade. She she's my age, graduated in ninety four. Okay. Always, uh, anyway, we'll talk about her, Carrie Kennedy later because she. Is was friends with um, Ryan and Leanne Leanne Turner. Turner. I was about to bring their names, and up. so but Carrie Kennedy went to high school with me, oh. and so anyway, the first time I met them, and they said they were involved in Campus Crusade at LSU. I was like, "Do you know Carrie Kennedy?" Mm. And they're like, "Yeah," like they they were like, "We mm. saw her in Europe," you know, like yes, yes. So anyway, dig- I digress. <laughs> No, that's great. I, I love the name game. My wife, Sarah, I know. This, if you ever want to play the, the name what game. This, that's what this thing should be. It's like seven degrees of Louisiana. <laughs> like, right? Do you know Carrie Kennedy? So Carrie Kennedy is important, but back to your panic yes. attack. <laughs> right. 
Oh, Sorry. man. The Christian community yep. coming around you, Campus Crusade. That's right. Draw it in here. Just put a little tidy, nice tidy bow on it. Well, there was no tidy bow for me at the time, but I will tell you the, the other and piece I do of think, that. Let me just say, yeah. back... Back then, I feel like I keep saying that about you, and I'm sorry, but because mental health. Remember, she's basically our age, Mike. She's basically our age. She's two years younger than me, but Mm. like because she graduated from school from from college when she was thirty. Yes, she feels like she's like so much younger. She's basically Taylor Swift. No, but I, you know, being in mental health. (laughs) Yes, yes. That wasn't really talked about a lot back then. And if I'm back then. generalizing back, in my back then and me too, yeah. and if I'm generalizing even more, it's even more difficult as a man. And wow. I, I, I think that being vulnerable and saying, I'm really struggling, I don't really know what this is, right. it's really hard to reach out to Christian, Christian community to let them come around to you. That's right. Especially when a lot of times... Uh, especially then and still now, mm-hmm. sometimes struggling with depression and anxiety in a Christian community is looked on as sin. Mm. Exactly. And and if there's any medicine, and I probably should have been prescribed something, even for that season, mm-hmm. <clears throat> just to take the, kind of take that to a, fun, take me to a functional level. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there was that stigma. And so my parents didn't know what to do at the time. So I was a, again, I was a junior in college, but I lived at home all my college years because we were close, close enough to the mm-hmm. university. Uh, it, <clears throat> I would go to school, I'd go to work, and then I'd come home and I would sit on the floor in my room. Mm. And I, I there was this pivotal moment for me in that it was again it was a couple of weeks that that went on, and and I did not know how to process that. My parents didn't know what to do with me. There was one lady at work. She was an older lady, Donna, from Denham Springs, Louisiana. From Denham Springs. She was. Denham she Springs. was from Denham Springs, and and she worked at the Bible and bookstore with me. Um, Sweet Billy and Jim Sakura, who ran the place. They hired me and my. Uh, siblings on to uh, you know to work and so Donna she noticed what was going on and so she kind of engaged me with it and she said I want to do a Bible study with you and and you would think well that sounds weird <laughs> older lady doing a Bible mm-hmm. study with a you know a, a, I guess I was Rawr. about 20 that's at the time <laughs> that's my cougar I can't, right. I can't make a cougar <laughs> noise but she way to the, make what Donna did dirty yeah that's <laughs> right she was the she was sweet and pure, and I, I had enough discernment to know that this was going to be okay. She wasn't going to take advantage. So so she went through this study with me, though, that just, I mean, was a tremendous... I'm sorry, I'm going to We're going to need to do some editing. I'm gonna get, no, we're good. We're good. Go, Donna, go. Okay. <laughs> so Donna, Donna, Donna kind of met me in a moment. And, and, and so, but here was, here was a pivotal moment for me. I, one day, I'm sitting on the floor in my room, and when I would go home and sit on the floor in my room... I would read I would read the scriptures. And honestly, since I you know, when I was sixteen and they sent us mm-hmm. out at Pine Cove to read the word, the words were just jumping off the page at me to the point that, you know, my journal is full. I still have that journal, by the way. Oh uh, neat. from Pine Cove. But the other journal I have, I wrote during this time as well. And so I would I would read the word and I would underline things. Some of what I wrote, I was like, "Wow, that was pretty dark," you know. Mm-hmm. But my father, uh, who uh, was 
basically born to a World War II generation, set of parents, did not know Mm -hmm. what to do with me. And Mm -hmm. he was an incredible man of faith, uh, unbelievably involved in our lives, but did not know how to connect with us relationally. Mm -hmm. And he came into my room. This literally was a two-minute moment that he had with me. And I I knew he was praying for me. He just didn't know what else to do. I knew Mm -hmm. he was praying, but he came in and he shared with me uh, the Philippians passage, um, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Mm-hmm. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, mm-hmm. will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then he walked out. And it wasn't too long after that that, for whatever reason, cleared out, cleared up, I became functional again, and... Who's to say? Was it Donna? Was it Dad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, it was. So that that was a that was an interesting moment. But it, but a, uh, I think a moment where I, we all have our own issues with pride, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Whether it's overt or covert, mm-hmm. and mine was more covert. Um, going to a Christian school, I I kind of. Uh, looking back, I didn't feel it. I didn't know it at the time because you're you're in the thick of it. But there was some spiritual arrogance, mm-hmm. uh, some apathy that I walked in, some distance from the Lord that I didn't know was there. Mm. And, and He allowed this, uh, along with several other difficult moments. Uh, and, and eventually, eventually, what it culminated in was a greater understanding of His Word and who He is, what He wants mm-hmm. in a relationship with me. His, the nearness he wants with me, because so those more those dependence. moments draw you in, and it drew me in, and the mm-hmm. dependence, Laura, yes, and and the Christian community piece. Sure. So, mm-hmm. I love. I I think that that is so true. Like the pride is such a a weird spectrum mm. of of how it manifests mm-hmm. in us, mm. and it it is it is really easy to convince ourselves. Like, I'm good. Right. Or to convince ourselves, I shouldn't need that, or mm. I, I should be okay, or I should have it all together, or yeah. like, I, I don't yes. know. And, and, and I still, I, I, I still, at my, at my very young age, still struggle <laughs> with yeah. saying I'm not okay, or, or leaning, leaning more on That's the people you're around me. Too. It is. Or even, even saying, um, God, I need your nearness. I need more of you, or even like your dad. He didn't have the words, but he had the scripture. Yes, and 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 sometimes I'll I will confess that feels like I don't want to just throw a scripture at him or her. Right. Um, but when you just said that, I was like, well, what's what's better? What's right. better to offer somebody in that moment than this than the than this thing that is alive? Yes, that- that's exactly right. And and I've heard this before. Someone told me this, and I've always remembered it. If you have an opportunity to share with somebody, and the way they they phrased it was to stick your foot in the door of mm-hmm. their life, you put the scripture in there. Mm-hmm. Don't offer advice mm-hmm. or a, so, so, you know so, something that's worldly mm-hmm. or that's you know opinionated. Offer the word, mm-hmm. and so that's what that's what my dad did. In fact, the day he passed away, mm-hmm. which was unexpected, he had been on LSU's campus handing out Bibles with. The I think it was the Navigators, Mm-mm. I believe that 
So he's uh, wow. the Gideons, excuse me. So he was on the LSU campus handing out Bibles with the Gideons. And one of their rules is you don't engage folks, you don't evangelize. And he was <laughs> he's talking to everyone that watched by. <laughs> and then and and between that and his men's Bible study that night is when he passed away wow. in our home unexpectedly. And so uh, one of the treasures we have is his Bible. And it is highlighted and underlined and there's you know, messages in there about us, you know, where he oh, wow, we would so come neat. to mind, I guess, at certain moments when he was studying the Word. But he he was a man of the Word, and, you know, so. And you felt that when he <laughs> came. And, Absolutely. you know, for for a man of that generation who didn't necessarily have his fingers on the pulse of the emotional health of the family, right. for him to see you in that moment and come in and say something's pretty big. That's right. Now, it, and I will tell you, it may have been prompted by my mom. She's like, <laughs> you will stick <laughs> your foot in that door. <laughs> That's right. And you will bring the word. It may have been prompted by my mom. <laughs> yeah, right. So, it doesn't make it any less true. <laughs> no, that's it. So, But it's a huge impact. I know mom was praying, and she has prayed us through so many things anyway. Now, and it Laura, doesn't mean after that moment that it was done for you, like that that – that everything just magically got better, right. but you did see a greater a need point. for dependency, and that is exactly right. And that's exactly what it did. Is it? It really opened my eyes of how dependent I am. And there's a, it's a. I think it's a Rich Mullen song where he says, "We're not as strong as we think we are." Mm-hmm. And there's that fragility piece. We, I mean, there's those. We just all of those moments were like, man, I'm just on top of the world, mm-hmm. you know. But in fact, we are extremely mm-hmm. fragile. So it exposed that. Mm. Now, Laura says some very helpful things mm. um, and things that kind of support your story. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I'm stuck on Denim Springs. Mm. And, <laughs> uh, and, and, and so we're going to have an edit yeah. alert that I don't know if we've had one in a while. Mm. But so when I think of Denim Springs, I think of my sophomore year, second semester college roommate, Jamie. Huh. Who I can't even remember her last name, and I'm not 100% sure her name was Jamie. Hmm. But what I this learned. This is a great story. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, my freshman year, I lived with my, my high school best friend for various reasons. She stayed home our sophomore year. I lived with some very toxic people the first semester of my, of my sophomore year. And then I was like, I cannot live with these people anymore. <laughs> I'm going to move in to a rando room with Jamie from Denim Springs, who I've never with met. With maybe Jamie. Wow. Maybe Jamie from Denim Springs, <laughs> who I've never extreme. met. I've got to get away from mm. these people. and It was that bad. It was that bad. But I jumped from out of the frying pan into the fire Ooh. because Jamie was a homesick freshman from Denim Springs that was always, and when I say always, I mean always, Always in our bedroom, or our, you know, our dorm room, mm. I guess, but which was our bedroom. She was always in our room. I've never, I was never in there alone. Jamie was always there, either on the phone with her boyfriend in Denham Springs, uh. or watching Matlock at night. Matlock, she's a freshman. <laughs> she's a freshman. <laughs> she's a freshman in college. She's watching Matlock, or. Do you, Laura? Do you know what she's talking about uh, when she says Matlock? Because no, your I, generation I, and all. I'll, tr- I'll, look, I'll Google it okay. later. That's and what my generation does. FYI, she also watched Murder She Wrote. Yes. But I digress. But one thing that I really enjoyed about possibly Jamie, yeah, was that 
I I grew up. So your heritage is like your Christian faith. My heritage is ABC soaps. Mm. My all my children. Mm-hmm. Uh, General Hospital. Right. Like I grew up. That doesn't lead to Pine Cove counselor. It doesn't. I wasn't a Pine Cove <laughs> counselor, but I knew all the stories of all the ABC soaps. But Jamie, who commandeered the TV in our room, mm. because she was always watching Matlock. Matlock. Matlock mm. or Murder, She Wrote or talking to her boyfriend in <laughs> Springs. Um, also, don't, don't disparage Angela Lansbury. No. I won't. I mm. won't. Or... Andy Griffin, for heaven's That's sake. That's true. I mean, right. But she also um, watched Days of Our Lives. And when I say she watched Days of Our Lives, I mean she watched Days of Our Lives. And so I would often be home or in the dorm room during the lunch hour, which was when Days of Our Lives might be playing. And I... Because I love a good story, hmm. Jane, possibly Jamie, caught me up on like the 30-year history of mm. Days of Our Lives. So even though I never watched Days of Our Lives growing up and I only knew the ABC stories, mm. I learned all about Marlena and, and John Black. Anybody out there know no, what she's talking no about? One. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. No anyway, one. I think Days of Our Lives might be the only soap that's still left on the air. I don't watch it anymore, but yeah. I bet I could I bet I could jump right in and know what was going on with all those people. But I, that's that's when I think of Denim Springs, I think yes. of Days of Our Lives. When I think of that story, wow. I think we're never having someone from Louisiana on the podcast again. <laughs> Because it, it. it is going to be, do you know so-and-so? Yeah. Well, what about it so-and-so? It is. Well, oh, you're from there? <laughs> anyway, so back to, back to God's role in your life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, that. The purpose of the podcast. <laughs> Did so, you watch Days of Our Lives? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Laura. Bold oh, and the gosh. Beautiful. Bold and <laughs> the Beautiful. Uh-huh. Was that really one? Okay. It was. So your life, guest on our podcast, yeah. um... So after that time, how did you see a shift? How did you see a, a change? So the kind of the the result of that for me was a refinement, and so that that was that was the probably the biggest takeaway for mm. me was was God is a God of refinement. He he, mm. he draws out the impurities, and he and it's a painful process. It's never easy. But the the other thing was, as I've experienced additional suffering in my life, I, I see the importance so it, of it. So there wasn't the only time. <laughs> no. <laughs> wasn't oh, only, no. Well, oh, but, you no. Know, I rode off into the sunset after that. It's happily ever after. <laughs> no, there so was dreamy. also other yeah. struggles. Self-inflicted <laughs> suffering at times as well. You know? So, <clears throat> yeah, so the, the purpose of, of suffering and difficulties, right, <clears throat> so that... We can lean into the Lord, and mm-hmm. and so from there, it was like you know the darkest night, and then when it lifted, it was like the brightest day, mm-hmm. and just a, a a thankfulness that God saw me through because there there were times when I thought I might not get up off this floor, mm-hmm. I might not, I might just stay here. Is what it felt like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And which is looking back on it, it's easy to sum it up in one sentence, but when you're living it, right. It is dark and it's confusing. Yep. And, Suffocating. And, and 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 it's really difficult to see a way out of that because you don't even fully understand what's going on. That's right. And so that, along with several other experiences, I ended up working in youth ministry, um, a very influential... In, in that time, I was in a Bible study with a man named Buzz Tremaine. And I think this was a result, again, of my mom introducing me to to this individual, and it turns out several of my former like high school friends. Hines <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah, yeah. She, um, no, we we talk and text every day. Aww. So she's yeah, she's awesome. She's an amazing woman. And um, but uh, so it, being in this Bible study with Buzz Treme, mm-hmm. <laughs> who said. His faith was so great in God that at times he, when he would pray, he'd close his eyes while he was driving. And I said, Buzz, that please sounds, don't do that. that like, what are you that doing? Like don't Eugenie do that. Martin. <laughs> what are you handling Miss, snakes? Miss Eugenie from Covington, <laughs> from Covington, Louisiana. She sometimes we'd be like, don't pray, Miss Eugenie. Don't pray. You're going to take, take us off the road. What, how do you say her name again? Eugenie. Eugenie. Very French. How do you spell that? Like Eugenie. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But, how do you, oh, yeah, yeah, E-U. Interesting. So... Anyway, so Buzz Buzz was he just had this this strength and there was kind of a charismatic flair to the group. The praise and worship, I've never experienced anything hmm. quite like it, except with Drew Phillips at Dallas Bible Church. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the team takes you there. They they are amazing. Yeah, raise but... the roof. Raise the roof, Drew. <laughs> so so Buzz at one particular gathering we had, he he would do this prophetic thing occasionally. And one time he looked at me, he goes, you're going to be a youth pastor. And I kind of already had a leaning toward that um, because uh, I, I was mistreated by older kids. Not every, every older kid in my life, but sure. most, most teenagers, when I was a preteen, most teenagers, was yeah, it just brother? the way it went. <laughs> was it your brother? It was. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. There was, it, it was interesting. The, 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 I, there were some pivotal moments where I was like, I want better for kids that mm-hmm. I interact with. I'm older. Mm-hmm. So w- even on the basketball team, I would take the younger guys under my wing. I would, I'd lean into them. I found myself naturally doing mm-hmm. that, just looking out for them, uh, kind of giving tips or just, you know, engaging them sure. in a positive, positive way as I could without being totally cheesy. But um, that was important. For me, and so the the way that the that anxiety depression phase played into my future, my ministry that God's called me to, especially in youth ministry, is to be attentive mm-hmm. and to listen and to empathize, especially with in in in, in the culture we're in where there is a lot of anxiety. The, the levels of anxiety mm-hmm. are way up. Laura, I know you could attest to that, right? Is we all can, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's it's been something that the Lord's used to that I can help others with. Well, so. and you were a youth pastor for how long? Twenty four years, which wow. includes volunteering, part time work, love offering. internship, love offering, love offering um, phase, lots of love offerings, <laughs> and then full time. But yes, which is incredible. Yeah. And I, I, the first year, so I've been to Winter Chill with our youth group, youth group the last couple of years. The first year I was there, I overlapped with you. Mm. 
And I can't remember who it was, but somebody said to me, if you want to see how youth ministry should be done, mm. watch my kinds. Wow. So you were you are very uniquely gifted in yeah. interacting with people in general, but like your giftedness in youth ministry was noted by other youth wow. leaders. That is extremely kind. And I will tell I you... I told you we'd say kind things. <laughs> I did. I feel so <laughs> exhorted right now. So, uh, I, I will tell you there were uh, other moments of shallowness for me, <clears throat> even when I was in full-time ministry where... And I shared this with Aaron and, and Jeff Mousa in the interview process. Um, and my when wife... you were a dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly what it was. So, so probably six or seven years into working at Fellowship full-time, I had been in, working in youth ministry for quite a while. I kind of threw a temper tantrum with the Lord. Mm. <laughs> Who among us hasn't? Sometimes we do. And yeah. sometimes we do. And, and, and there were just some things going on for, for me with, with some of my fellow employees. I just felt left out. I mm-hmm. felt forgotten. Mm. And I, I, I said, Lord, who am I in this? Kind of like, what, what, what about my reputation? What about my career, my ministry? And I... I was in my office, and the Lord was very clear. I mean, he there were there's been times, and you guys can attest, right, where he just is very clear, mm-hmm. and it is just piercing. And he's he said, "This is not about your reputation, or and this word came up, your kingdom. Hmm. This is about my reputation and my kingdom." <clears throat> and, and we just kind of had this rut. There was a little bit of a wrestling match that I had with the Lord right then and there. And of course, as the Lord is always good to do, he. He humbled me very quickly, mm-hmm. and he he brought me. There was just a quickening in that moment where he said, "If you will build my reputation in my kingdom, I will do some great things through you." And after that, a tremendous ministry to the local neighborhood just mm-hmm. sprung up to kids who would walk over, ride their bicycles, came from under resourced. Mm-hmm. Places awesome. and, and it was tremendous, and our church body stepped in. It was we ended up finding a director to run this ministry that we called Trip B, mm-hmm. basketball breakfast and Bible study. Wow, because <laughs> that's what they go. And, and and so so yeah, so that that was just another unbelievable moment in in youth ministry where you know I thought it all figured out and I had arrived, and in fact, no, you're you're missing the mark, Mike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very humbling. Yeah. Well, Mike, what what we 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 sometimes like to ask our guests, what is their big ask prayer? Mm. Big ask. Yeah. <laughs> well, you 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 you've stepped yes. out of youth ministry, uh-huh. right? And, and you're, you're in a new role at a new church. old church. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yes, because you because you met Sarah at Dallas Bible. I did. Yeah, I did. In fact, <clears throat> I was introduced to her in the main worship center. There was there were folks. There was one guy in particular, Chris Farrell. <clears throat> Chris is currently pastoring a small church out in West Texas. Hmm. Uh, he and his wife are out there faithfully serving. But I worked with Chris. He invited me to the church, and he said, "You need to meet Sarah Cundiff." And I don't know why God put put her, her on his heart to tell me about that. And then and then subsequently went to her and said, "You need to meet Mike Hines." And I'm like, "You, you hardly know me." Mm-hmm. But there was one Sunday when Chris was standing in the middle of the worship center. Sarah was on the far side on one side of the worship center. I was on the opposite. He turns to me and said, "Mike, come over here. Come come this way." 
So I started walking to him like he's what he's got something to tell me. And and then right behind him, he so he turns 180 and says, Sarah, you come on. And and he pulls us into the middle of the worship center after everyone had cleared out and introduced us. And so that's that's how we met. Yeah. Spring she's, of 03. She's a catch. She is. She's, she's pretty awesome. awesome. Mm-hmm. So, so what would you say in this next season of life would be your big ask prayer? Um I would say that my family, Sarah, Josh, Benjamin, and Mary Beth, would be the beneficiaries of of the church, everything the church has to offer for them, for their spiritual growth, that they would receive everything in, and more that Sarah and I have poured out mm-hmm. in, in the calling that God has called upon us in in the ministries of youth ministry, women's ministry, that they would be recipients of that and grow in that toward the Lord. That would be, that would be my big ask. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't, I don't know if you know it, but I think you probably do. Yeah. Like I am delighted that you are at Dallas Bible yeah. and um, I am delighted that your wife is back. Thank you. I yeah. I love you both. I have yeah. loved you of old. Yes. Um. It's great to be your neighbor and now um back in church with you. Absolutely. It's, it's mm-hmm. absolutely just such a gift to to me to have y'all there. Um, yeah. I just absolutely love it. So. I, it it is tremendous that I'm sitting here with you right now, Jessica, mm-hmm. because our paths crossed. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been before O two because I started coming with Jason Wallace. We we attended classes fall of '01, but it was it was hermeneutics with Ugh. Dr. Bailey. Oh wow! Yes, and one other intro level class. And you came to that class. We came to that class. It was I was on trying a, to think trying to... when. I mean, I don't remember not knowing you in Dallas, right? Because I was only here for two years. Yep. I I don't specifically remember when we met. Uh-huh. Do you specifically remember when It you was met? in a class. I think we had a class together. Was there were it, several of us because you had a girlfriend that was that was going. Lori Michael. That yes, Lori. That's right. Yeah. Tiny, oh tiny. Yes, 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 yes. That's right. But I was like, maybe we had a Ken, Doctor Ken. What was his last name? Mm. Uh, theology department. Not Crowder. <laughs> no, might have gotten fired. Oh goodness. Okay. <laughs> Just, just because he wasn't totally aligning with the, like, mm. he's a great guy. But what mm-hmm. I loved him. I took him for intro to theolo- theology. I think I took him for, like, eschatology, and I think that's the class that I remember. Like, may, there was, like, a class, like, we sat uh, by each other. Yeah, that's right. Do you remember that's right. that? Like, yes, because it was through a class, so that's how we met was make, in one oh, of our classes. Oh, but you know what? Now, like, so much history. A, yeah. Uh, it might have been a, that might have been a Bible class that we had together, too. Mark, gosh, the guy was short. Mark Bailey? Not Mark Bate. He's short too. But this guy's not. <laughs> Calling out people's shaped. stature on the yeah. show. <laughs> He's not shaped like Mark Bailey. He was sh- Bramer. Mar- Steven, oh, Stephen, Stephen Bramer. Bramer. Yeah. Didn't yeah. we have maybe a, did we have Stephen Bramer together? Yes. And, and it was, was it one of the Old Testament? No. No. What it would have been like, it was like Second Corinthians. It was like head coverings and all that kind of business. Man. And and he was intense. Oh yeah, he he's up at Stonebriar. I don't know if he's still there, but he he t- teaches a Sunday school class that with that Chuck, my in laws. Did, did we have that that Stephen Bramer class yeah, together? Stephen I feel Bramer. Like that was, I, I, and I do feel like. Do you know who I'm talking about? Ken. I can't think of what his last name is. Now at Lincoln Hall, one of one of the dorm dorms hosted a crawfish boil mm-hmm. every year. I think we may have been at one of those crawfish boils together sounds, as well. That and, sounds true. 
that sounds that rings true to me. There, there, so there was a there was a contest they would do to that it with in one fail swoop, how many live crawfish can you pull out <laughs> of a of a bucket? Did you participate in that? That sounds terrifying. I don't remember that. I could see her volunteering for that. I could totally see myself volunteering for that, but I don't remember that. In, in your competitive self and all. I know. Anyway. There, she probably would have won. I know. Would be my there guess. was a female who pulled out. I mean, like, you know, guys would stick around and pull out five and then shake them off. I mean, went in, pulled out like 20. It, I, I can't remember She wouldn't mess around. But it could have been you. It couldn't. It could have been. been me. I mean, that does, that wouldn't even register in my memory. That uh. just feels like Tuesday, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, our it's brains just, are shot. We have all have kids, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we all, all have I kids, and also like to me, like sticking my hand in a in a, in a fistful of crawfish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she has there. paddled out on a boat to see if it was a dead body in a bayou. That's so. true. It wow. wasn't. It was I, a dead cow. Uh, oh, well, geez. I remember. Hearing, it was a dead body, just not a human body. Like I thought. Yes. It's a dead. Or animal my mom body. thought and yes. sent me out in the boat. <laughs> Wow. That's, that's a story Trauma. for another day. <laughs> it's a story for another day. Um, no, I just remember hearing that you had been hired and feeling really excited. Um, it feels like I like when God has prepared somebody for exactly where they are right now. Hmm. And, um, you know, what better to prepare you for working with adults? Than working with bratty teenagers, Um, but no, I really do feel like it is such a good fit, and um, I'm just glad that you're here. And yes, I I I just love Sarah and um, love that your kids are at youth group age, and that I get to overlap with them. Now, because the kind of girls were at Richardson High, the kind of girls were at Richardson High, the kind of girls were at Fellowship Bible Church. Richardson or Arapahoe was what it was called where I grew up for okay. a little bit. For and a little bit before yes. they and my mom, Bible. My mom loves to tell a story to this day about um the Cundiff girl's mom. About um like maybe a little a little sex talk that was happening in our youth group and she was yeah. like, We're what? We're talking about what? Because yes. she's so sweet and proper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So Yes, my mom still tells that story. But yes, I always remember thinking they were so cool and uh, so much older than me. <laughs> wow. Fellowship Arapahoe, Gene Getz. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, we were there a little after him. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Well, and Laura, getting to work with you at Winter Chill and that entire Dallas Bible Church team, that was pretty cool because I got to know, um, of course, Cameron and Warren. Mm-hmm. I think Shelby came one certain year mm-hmm. and then Marty... And Norb, I could go down the list of just all the folks, but just a tremendous experience and interaction with that team. And and again, seeing the ministry work ethic displayed of mm-hmm. serving, um, I think I'm trying to remember who commented on Norb Heindel recently, but just the that guy is a serving mm-hmm. machine. But I see that all over our church, and I was introduced especially to that when we worked with Kids Beach Club at Mohawk mm-hmm. Elementary. Sarah got involved in that, and and we were involved in in that for about six years. Wow! And a good portion of the of the parents involved were from Dallas Bible, and they're just the heart mm-hmm. for the Lord and His people is tremendous. And so I I, I couldn't be more thrilled to to be here at mm-hmm. at Dallas Bible, and I know for Sarah as well. She's like, I, she is crying through most of the worship services on mm. Sunday morning. It's it's a return to mm-hmm. you know in a way to to home church. Even though mm-hmm. at one time as a teenager she was at Fellowship 
Dallas. Mm-hmm. And but we would say that you know Dallas Bible Church has an important place in our heart because that's where we met. It's where mm-hmm. you married. That's where we married. Uh, that's where under Mike Holmes, I, I learned so much about youth ministry that I carried forward with me mm. into my s- 16 and a half years serving at Fellowship Dallas. And so we're, we are just thrilled to be here. Well, Absolutely. welcome. Yeah, yeah. We're so glad you're here. We really, re- we really, 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 really are. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gift to all of us and the people that don't know you and Sarah. Oh guys. You, yeah. You talk about hold on to your hats. You'll, yeah. you, you will love the Heinz. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And thank you guys for listening to Embarrassment of Riches. 